0: This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is a shrine and its fans, the lay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Three, two, one. Hello everyone, welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Kim. And today is another episode uh, someone who I just met five minutes ago, and I'm very excited to have this conversation with him. His name is Abraham, but he goes by Abe. So, what's up, Babe? How's it going? Good, you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank so, you for having me? Oh, of course, man. I'm. Uh, I'm trying to expand my social network, get to know more people. So that's a lovely thing. And uh, so, let's start. Why Arsenal? Why are you an Arsenal fan?
1: <laughs>
0: Everyone is asking me that, um,
1: <laughs> uh, especially with the kirk situation right now. So, I've been, I've been an Arsenal fan since, since the Invincibles. Mm. This is where I fought, fell in love with uh, with Arsenal. Uh, my first favorite player was, you know, Th- Thierry Henry. Mm. And when I was young, I didn't really have access to, uh, you know, to to soccer games like we had right now with the right. zone and and the stream. So right. I, me- I remember, I remember uh, we had a trial for a channel. I think it was Setanta Sports. If I'm not, mistaken. oh yeah, and, yeah. And they had Arsenal, and there was like. I guess one of the first games I've watched maybe on TV in terms of like Premier League, because most of them was, was the world cup. But from that time I watched the game. I fell in love with, uh, with, with the team when I was young and, uh, I continued supporting them till now, you know? Mm. So, uh, for me, the two players that really, actually three players, but the two players that I really remember and I, and I, and I tried to recreate things from them was, uh, Van Persie and Fabregas. Oh my god, yeah! What a duo! These these two are my favorite, by far my favorite. So, uh, so yeah, like even with those two guys, I I just I fell in love even even more. So, so
0: yeah. So, so where did it go wrong for Arsenal, in your opinion? Where did things start to go wrong? From like, I mean, you mentioned the 2001 Invincibles, where everyone always is like that's the standard, and then second standard was that Van Persie, Fabregas, Aaron Young, Aaron Ramsey, Young Wilshere. Like, where did it go wrong from there?
1: I think there's two phases that went wrong. I think the first one is the, um, I think it's the, the, the stadium, the new stadium that they built. And mm. you know, when they built the Emirates stadium, I think, um, I, I think Wenger even, even mentioned that, that, you know, they, they, they didn't have money to, to spend on getting new players. So they had to rely a lot on their academy players to, to bring them up and develop them and, um, you know, get the best out of them. If you look at the record since they went to, uh, since they moved to the Emirates stadium, mm-hmm. I mean, they've qualified for Champions League, but other than that, it was an FA Cup and, and a community shield that they won, you know? Mm. So compared to compared to other clubs like Chelsea and Man United, or, or even when Man City started to, you know, and Liverpool, right. I, I think the financial part was an issue for mm-hmm. them. So they had to sell, like Van Persie, they had to sell him. Henri, they had to sell him. Fabregas, they had to sell him also. So... There was a lot of factors until um, until a certain moment. You know, they got back in track. You know, when they bought Özil, Giroud, right? It feel like it's it was starting. You know, like they're getting new players, they're investing a bit more. So for me, the second phase that really went wrong would be the you know Wenger when Wenger left, and I think we're still going through this this post Wenger uh, era where it's been a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and the club's used to someone a bit more stable and you got to understand that, you know, when you bring Emery, you know, it's, it's for the first time in like 18 years, you have to make a decision whether or not a coach is not doing well. Oh yeah. Or okay. he's doing well because with Wenger, he wasn't doing well in certain news, but they gave him, they gave him the confidence, the club backed him up, you know, and, and, and so on, you know? So, so I, I think from a sporting director's perspective, and from the ownership and all that stuff, it's a bit difficult from their point of view also that, uh, you know, losing Wenger is a big thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and if you want to relate it to it, you have to go to Ferguson also, with mm. Manchester United. I mean, it, it's still, well, now it seems like it's a bit more stable, but, you know, with three coaches, there's always been a roller coaster ride with them. So other than Mourinho, uh, in the first year or second year, he won two trophies. But after that, you can't really, no one can replace Ferguson. You know, that's the expectations you have when you're in Manchester United or, or even with Arsenal. Right. To be in the top four, to be stable, to, to get into Champions League, to maybe go into finals, win a couple of trophies. But, you know, that's the that's situation right now.
0: So, put on my personal bias, I'm a Liverpool fan when it comes to Premier League. I really started watching them when, I, when Luis Suarez got there. Because uh, I shared the story with a friend of mine in the last episode. But uh, I remember Luis Suarez at 2010 World Cup when uh, he knocked out when he knocked out Korea. He scored a curler, like this beautiful curved goal, hit the far post and went in. And I remember just being really upset. I was like, this fucking guy. And, and, then, and then I watched him play at Ajax. And then I think that season at Ajax, he bit someone. And I'm like, this guy's amazing. And also there's a handball against Ghana. I'm like, this guy is so controversial that I got to keep watching him. And then he went to Liverpool. And then there was that Waraheim Sterling and then a Sturridge combo. But anyway, that being said, it was, I remember, it, it's a good point you brought up about Ferguson and then Wenger. And then once they left, there's like an instability period. Because after, it seemed like with Liverpool, after Brendan Rodgers, it no, not after Brendan Rodgers, it was after, after Benitez. Rafa Benitez. That's right. Where it just things didn't go well. They had Kenny leash, but that didn't work out. And then they brought in one more manager. I forget who it is right now. And then, it was then.
1: Brendan Rogers, it was Brendan Rogers that they brought in. And that was the, uh, I, I thought Brendan Rogers did a phenomenal job. But he was
0: forward. only around for like three seasons. Right. And it just yeah. didn't, it, it's weird because uh, I've also went, I mean, Reddit's a horrible place sometimes <laughs> like going online, football online tends to be a horrible place, but a lot of them were saying that coaches like Mourinho, Brendan Rogers are good for a quick fix to kind of bring the club somewhat back on track. And then you've got to find someone more stable. And do you feel like Arteta might be that guy for Arsenal? i I think it's
1: it's hard to say because Arteta's his first year mm. as, not not his first year, sorry his first era as a, as a manager right. If it was another manager, you know it would have been, been easier to say, but Arteta, the, the thing is with him it's that it's his first it's first time you know managing a club and, and as big as Arsenal. yeah now you could argue that Arteta you know, was Guardiola's assistant and, and that he gained experience. But I know for a fact that there's a lot of coaches that go through smaller clubs and that they, they develop their managerial and coaching, coaching skills through those small clubs in order to build their philosophy or they build the, their coaching staff and, and their style and they get the experience. Now, from what I know, I think Arteta is a manager that you need to give him a bit more time yeah, before judging I agree. Because yeah. bear in mind that he has brought in, he's won games against big clubs, not mm. to mention the final, uh, semi-final against Man City in the FA Cup, the final against Chelsea, in the FA Cup, he beat Liverpool in the Community Shield. He's won trophies already. Mm. Ali from Man United didn't win trophies yet, you know. Mm. So, so from his perspective, this you know his record seems to be a bit, you know we can't, we can't erase that. Even though last year, last year was, was, was problematic. But I feel like Arteta is a guy that you need to give him a bit more time. And what I know is that he loves the club. Like he loves the club. And uh, I I heard an interview from him that he said that he, he, when he retired, he had his son and he told his son that one day I'm going to, I'm going to coach this club, you know? Mm. And I remember another thing was that when he, when he, uh, when he got hurt with the Arsenal, I think he was out for two months. I think he did his coaching education. He did his certifications while he was injured, knowingly that that was something that he wanted to do in the future. So from a guy that you know that he's going to do everything for the club, I think he will give everything. He'll do whatever it takes to get the club going. In terms of experience, you need to give uh, Arteta a bit more time.
0: You know, like Yeah, I, I totally agree because... I mean, first of all, last season, I don't. I feel like that doesn't count. Last season doesn't count because it was COVID and also he got COVID himself. So there's like a lot of distractions, if you will. And I feel like this season, by end of this season, we can maybe get a better idea. But I I thought, I mean, despite starting the season horribly by losing to Brentford, the fact that Arsenal was still able to get Martin Udegaard from Real Madrid, I was like, great signing, very good signing. But do you think, is there, I mean, it's not going to be a quick quick and easy solution but do you feel like there's that one player that could really change the performance around at any position like if you if you let's say you're head head at scouting at arsenal who would you bring right away for me if to get another player yeah if let's say i mean not ronaldo or messi like okay let's be a little more realistic in that regards but like who do you think that arsenal could bring in Uh, in a realistic point of view or let's let's do both a fantasy and a realistic point of view
1: well look fantasy i would bring Conte.
0: Oh, yes, 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 I, yes, I bring yes.
1: Kante because he's a guy that can stabilize a bit the back line and the defensive point of view, I think he would be, be very good. Now, for me, I think, I think they need another center back. I think they need another mm. center back. I think they need at least one player per line position. So I think they need a center back. Mm-hmm. I think they need a midfielder that is a box-to-box midfielder. Okay, because what they brought in, I think that the young kid, what's his name, the Belgium kid, oh, Conga, uh, yes, he seems like a promising, seems like a promising player. His passing percentage is good. He ta- he tackles, he wins balls, he keeps the ball. He's good on transition. So I think I think it's 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 a good signing, but they I think they need a striker. Hmm. I yeah. I I think they need a striker because right now. The situation with Lacazette like and Obama Yang is not clear. Yeah. And for me, Obama Yang hasn't been producing. Yeah. From his status. And his pay his paycheck. Yeah. Lacazette <laughs> like apparently it's his end of his contract. So I think they need a a, a striker. Now, there is young strikers coming up, bear right. in mind. But I think they need someone that has a bit more experience to to just follow through the youngsters that are that are going up. So for me, for me, the the Ben White situation that they signed, I'm still questioning again. You know, why did they, you know, pay fifty million dollars to get Ben White? Because I know there was a, there was there was another center back that was available, and I was surprised they didn't sign him. Was Vestergaard from Southampton?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, very, I, and I I, I read him. City. I yeah, rate so, I read very highly.
1: And Vestergaard has a bit of that profile of uh, Van Dyke. And I'm not saying he's a Van Dyke, but he's, he's big. Right, strong. Um, strong, he's good in the air. He has Premier League, like, well, like Ben White has Premier League experience, but PestaGuard also has a bit more international experience also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, we don't, like, I think the signings are best based on his philosophy. I think that's, 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 I think, the main reason why they brought Ben
0: White. In, in terms of striker, who would you bring maybe as a fantasy or whatever? Like who would you bring as a striker that would work perfectly right now in, in this arsenal setup
1: for the, for the, for the style of play? Yeah. I'd bring maybe,
0: uh, I'd bring maybe Benzema or Lewandowski. I was going to say Benzema. Okay. I mean, I like that. Lewandowski is, I think his contract might end soon, right? With Bayern Munich. It's his last season. Benzema still has, I think another two years or something. Yeah. But I mean, Benzema's getting better, which is kind yeah. of ridiculous. He's like 33, 34. Yeah. And yeah, those are the Benzema. The thing
1: about Benzema
0: is that he's a, he's a center forward. He's
1: not really a, a striker per se. Yeah. he makes runs because Benzema is a type of player that likes to go through the pockets, look for mm-hmm. the ball, hold the ball, look to, to play other players around him. And then he's a finisher also like he could turn and shoot. He can make runs he's good in the air. Right, but because of his age, he doesn't have the piece of Benzema, Sorry, no, uh, he doesn't have the piece of Mbappe. You know, like Mbappe, right. it's it's behind the lines. Benzema can go through tight situations, and with Arsenal's philosophy, which is you know a bit more possession, right. I think it'll fit a bit more the style of Arsenal of bringing him in because he could do those stuff.
0: Yeah, I like that. I, you know, I remember, I remember there was a period where people were like hating on Benzema because he wasn't scoring enough. And then I remember uh, I was definitely one of those guys for sure. I was, my younger self was kind of naive, but then when I rewatched those old games of Benzema, what he does off the ball is probably the most impressive where he can drag defenders away, give Ronaldo the space, give Bale or Di Maria the space at Madrid. And I was just like, man, this guy's incredible. Yeah. yeah, So (laughs) for sure, Arsenal is missing that. But then what do you, so what are your opinions about the young players that are Arsenal that came through like Martinelli, uh, well, I was going to say Joe Willick, but he's gone. Uh, Saka. Actually, how do you feel about Joe Willick being gone? I feel like mixed feelings. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Because uh, everyone I've spoken to was like, that was a loss. No, mixed feelings because ooh, with Newcastle, he mm-hmm. killed it. Right. He
1: killed it. So it was like, oh, shit. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. The problem, if you bring back Willick... And Willick with Arsenal, he, he, was, he was doing okay, but he wasn't delivering as much as Newcastle. So, mm. yeah, after the transition from Newcastle, you know, it seems like because of the situation with Arsenal, you know, Willick, he can go to his manager and say, hey, I scored seven goals in, in, in seven games. So, right. You know, great. The problem is that where do you put Willick in this lineup? Because mm. you have Odegaard, you have Thomas, you have Smith-Roll, which I think is much better. Yeah. I think he's a bit more creative. So because of the situation that they don't have Europa League and they don't have Champions League, Willick would have been perfect to play him in these other games so he could get those games. But because he's still young, you know, he, he's a player that needs to play. Yeah, true. And you have Saka also that like that could play in the midfield. So for me, that's why it's mixed feelings because I kind of understand a bit why they 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 sold him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so that's the, that's the you know, for me, that's the the mixed feelings. Okay, I get it, but right. the guy produced, you know, he did really good uh, at the end of the season with, with Newcastle. So then when you come in and if if you keep Willick for this season, it's like, where, where are you going to play him? You know, you have yeah. Smith Rowe, you have Autoguard. I mean, other than Willick, I think, I, I don't know where you could put Willick other than, than playing him as an 8 or as a
0: 10, you know? Yeah, there's but no room. You have other midfielders there, so and speaking of midfielders, what's your opinion about Granit Xhaka? I I don't like him. <laughs> okay, go. Hey, explain. He
1: he's uh he's uh
0: look, I like I like
1: the thing about like I like his um I like his energy, I like his intensity, but he, he tends to uh he can't control his uh his body or his, or his energy in terms of, like, mm. tackles, you know, because he, puts the, he, he's, he has put the team in, in, in tough situations with his red cards. I think, I think he's one of the players that has the most red cards in, in the club. Oh, boy. You know, he's a, he's a guy that wants to win. Right. He has a winning mentality. That's clear. But at, as a six, as a six, as a holding midfielder, he does way too many mistakes. Yeah. He does way too many mistakes defensively in terms of the, the tackles. Um, but I have to admit, last year, he was a bit better. The last two years, he was much better mm. than previous years with with when he started with Wenger and with Emery. And so I, I still, I still, I'm not a big fan of him, but I still like his attitude in terms of like, he wants to win games. He has a winning mentality. He's tough. He defends his teammates. But again, you know, there's been a couple of games that we've, we've lost or tied because of the team, you know, down the player, so.
0: Because in my opinion of him, I don't watch a lot of Arsenal games, but whenever he is brought up, it's either because he scores this amazing screamer from 30 yards out, or he, like, concedes a penalty in the box for unnecessary tackle. It's, like, it's weird to have a player like that where he's both a game-changer and a liability at the same time. Yeah. It's, like, it's too unpredictable, but and also, like, and I feel like that's just the epitome of Arsenal right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said the word. It summarizes perfect. He's unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, there's games like he's going to take out a player and, you know, they're, they're, down, they're down a player. And there's moments where, like I watched, I watched him with Switzerland in the Euro Cup. He was very good. Like I mm. thought he was really, really good. No, he was a leader. He, he, he didn't give away a lot of the ball. He defended well. He was good offensively. You know, so I, I thought with Switzerland, he did really well from a club's perspective. You know, I, I think he has been very
0: inconsistent. And I'm oh, sorry to cut you off, but like, why, but yeah. why, why do you, what do you think that is? Because is, um, one of the counter arguments I've heard oh, is that it could be a coaching thing where he just hasn't had the right coach. And that's why he's done so well with Switzerland. Uh, but what do you think about that? Well,
1: you have to understand also that Arsenal is a team that keeps the ball a lot Mm-hmm. So they they move the ball left to right, they try to look in the gap, so obviously like for, for his style of play as as a midfielder, you know obviously there's a lot of times where when you move the ball, there's risks that you lose it a lot, you know, so right. a lot of the times with Arsenal is that they would always get they would get caught a lot on transition, you know, like they would lose the ball then they're on a counter attack so I think I think like Jaka is a as a player that you know he 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 has to make decisions mm-hmm. and then sometimes the decisions are not the right way when it comes to maybe Switzerland, where sometimes they're a bit more conservative as as a team, right right they're just a bit more defensive oh, I see okay Th- then then it's a bit different you know yeah so so that that's what I see because you, you have you have possession with Arsenal a lot. You know, and, you know, maybe one one day you don't have a good game. You play against maybe Burnley, and then Burnley just hits a long ball, and mm-hmm. you're caught on a counterattack, or maybe against Liverpool. You know, so so it depends on the games, honestly. It depends on the games. It depends on, on the situation. But, yeah, you know, the Premier League is... is
0: it's, it's uh, yeah. It's best different. league in the world. Anyway, you, best you, league you in the
1: world. You can't compare the Premier League to qualifiers or... <laughs> yeah. You know, so...
0: So what so on understand about Shakespeare's like he's such a nuanced player because of his unpredictability that you really need to play him based on the opponents or like how Arsenal want to play against that opponent.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean depends on what what Arteta's strategy or tactics or you know what he mm. wants from, from from the team, you know, like like if I'm playing Man City, maybe I'll put him in because you know I'll grow Yeah. Depending, like, if I'm playing Man City, maybe I'll play a bit more defensive. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it depends on the strategy. But what I could tell you is that he, he has to manage his emotions.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he has his defensive, his defensive, he's, like, his defending on transition. Mm. It's, like, my heart rate goes up. <laughs> because you feel like, you know, he's going to go through a s- slide tackle. And, you know, with VAR, forget it.
0: Yeah, he can't get away with that. Ah, uh, so. he. Do you know what he reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of Sergio Ramos at Real Madrid. Like, excellent. Def- I think he's still a very excellent defender as a center back. Especially when he went right back to center back. I thought he was like, you know, it was an amazing transition for him. But the problem is that every time I watch El Clásico, I always knew he was going to do something stupid. Because his emotions would get involved. he given that, like really harsh slide tackle when it was unnecessary. Last man back, he might just tug on the jersey and he was like, dude, the ref already doesn't like you. Like what are you doing? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, that funny story is that my first ever fantasy Premier League lineup. Oh no. <laughs> I had Jaka in my lineup. Oh no. I, was, I didn't know how it worked. Right. So I was like, you know, I gotta put an Arsenal player in there, you know. I remember the first game we got or I don't know, second or third, he scored a he scored a goal. Right. And he got like two assists or something. you know what I'm keeping this guy. I think I accumulated around minus twelve <laughs> for the number of red cards or, or yellow cards this guy, you know. And it's incredible. Now if I if I, you know, look, if 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 I if I if they would have like the last two years I thought I thought he was better. But throughout the history that I've seen with Jaka, it's <laughs> Questionable. It's it's questionable, you know. Now, he. But the only thing, like, look, I I, I think he, I, I think he could. I, I think from his passion for the club and that he wants to win, and you know, super, mm. you know. But it's again, there's a lot other factors in terms in this game that he needs to, uh, he needs to fix. You know, like how many times have you heard Arteta said, "Yeah, I spoke to Jaca? He needs to learn from his lesson." Mm, how many yeah. times Emery said that
0: you know So, it's a good point and um, speaking of fantasy how many Arsenal players do you have right now zero <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, okay would there be is there one Arsenal player that you might pick
1: well look I, I had Smith Rowe in the big first game first game, okay. game. I, I thought because he's cheap mm. he's cheap and from last year like maybe he would play a bit more but then Autoguard came in and now you you know yeah. You don't but know it... what's going to happen. And, and the thing with Arsenal, the, the problem with Arsenal is that, well, first of all, the defending, like defenders, you know, like it's it's hard to get a clean sheet. Right. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but what I could say is that it's a bit more difficult with Arsenal because they have more players. They have a bit more depth now. Okay. And the thing is is that it's harder to predict what the lineup is going to be based on the game week. Oh, if okay. I look, if I look at Liverpool, for example... Right. You know, and, and they don't play, uh, like, for example, they don't play, uh, I'm just giving it, a, they don't play Alexander Arnold. Right. In a Champions League game week. Like, so you expect him to play in the Premier
0: League. Mm, okay. If he's
1: I see. Is fit, fit or not. With Arsenal, you don't know. I know it changes. You have to wait for EFL Cup or an FA Cup. So, you know, that's the tricky part. So, okay. If I would have if I would have had it, if, if I decided to add an Arsenal player, it would be maybe. Um, I, I take my bet on Odegaard right now.
0: Yeah, Odegaard is a quality player. I don't understand why Zidane didn't play him more at Madrid. I think it had to do with attitude problem because, you know, he was hyped up at a 14 or 16 yeah, or something. Yeah. And then I, I heard uh, his salary at Madrid when he was 16 was 80000 a week. And I'm like, oh, my God, this kid's just, yeah, no. <laughs> it's, even... it's, it's tough, you know, like a player
1: getting exposed at 16. Yeah. And you get subbed out and you subbed in for for Ronaldo. I remember the game I remember that game too yeah it, it's 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 difficult because at that like at that age the the player hasn't really developed hundred percent unless you you like for me Real Madrid is like for me the worst place a 16 year old <laughs> yes could go hundred percent I agree like it's it's the worst now I remember a lot of my friends were like, oh my God you know like that's amazing I don't know yeah I said that's that's not a good thing you know and he he has regressed, mm. you know, like he, they had to loan him a lot, you know, like that, he had to go to, to loans. I, th- I think the signing, I think the fact that he decided to go to Real Madrid, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, I think he should have stayed or maybe go to a different club, you know, like go to a club where the pressure is less mm. and then it
0: builds his confidence to go to those big leagues. It's like, imagine he went to uh, Dortmund, you know, Instead of Madrid, he would have been a beast, a monster. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, think,
1: I think he, well, look, at 16, maybe not. But maybe mm. at 18, if he would have went at 18, it would have been better. Right. Because uh, at 16, it's like Slavin graduated high school and, and the media is <laughs> on you and it's all hype and here and there. So you need to, you know, developing a player It's, it's, it's in this environment is very difficult.
0: Actually, okay. So now you bring it. Now we're in the topic of development. So, do yeah. you want to disclose what you do as a as a job to the audience? Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm the U
1: nine head coach of CF Montreal, mm-hmm. and I work for uh, Lakeshore Soccer Club. Nice. Also, as a U sixteen AAA girls coach, also.
0: Awesome. And uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, like, as a professional yourself, like. I guess the first thing that came to mind in terms of developing a sixteen-year-old properly is Alphonso Davies at, at the Whitecaps, you know. And I guess like, what are the nuances that developing a young person who is still very much a child in that regards? You know what I mean? Like, into a beast that later becomes Alphonso Davies at Bayern Munich.
1: Yeah, it's it's all starts with the family. Mm. The family. You you're 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 surrounded with a great family that supports you through. For me, it's it's a difficult stage where you make it or break it, or you know, like the pressure starts mounting. So for me, the first thing is family. If you have, you know, I've coached players that that play for the U twenty national women's team, you know, and wow. the reason why is family, the people that surround them, the coaches around them, and for me, Alfonso Davis is, is a, you know, it's a, it's a. It's he's the poster boy of Canada, and and you could you could tell like mm-hmm. he was surrounded by 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 good people, good family. Yeah, he had a he had a he had a very difficult childhood. Right. So from that, it 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 pushed him even more to to become what he is right now. So you know, it all starts with the background. It starts maybe with the background where they come from, mm-hmm. their history, the family where they, where they train, where they've been coached. And, you know, I think the, you know, we have, you know, people say Bayern developed, you know, Alfonso Davis, but I, I think Bayern was part of it and the Whitecaps are part of it, you know? Right. So the Whitecaps are a huge part of it also. And, and Canada also, I think Canada also gave him the tools also to, to push, to go to Bayern, you
0: know, as an international player. So, Cause like the way I'm seeing it, I mean, as an outsider, you know, I play a lot of pickup soccer and I meet a yeah. lot of kids who've been to at the, at the time, the Montreal impact at the time, their, their youth academy or not just yeah. them, just any like high level youth academy or a high level club. Like I used to play for double A LaSalle and I met a lot of kids who played triple A LaSalle and they're younger than me, better than me for sure. Yeah. But they didn't go any further. And I always wondered why, like you, you have so much potential. You could, you know, you could take the next step and I never real i never took into consideration the family aspect like yeah because um parents sometimes push too much the kids mm. you, yeah like you, sorry, to, sorry to cut you like that but like have you seen the show ted lasso on apple tv not yet I okay heard of, I, I heard of it yeah um, um
1: I'm trying to find a way to watch it without, <laughs> without, without subscribing to Apple. But I guess I'll have to subscribe to Apple because I haven't been successful. So no, I haven't seen it, and uh, and uh, I heard of it, uh-huh. and
0: I heard of all the awards they won, and it's something that for sure I have to watch because it's 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 incredible. Like I I, I okay, it seems random what I just said because yeah. on the main characters, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like he's one of the main characters. He's kind of like. Sorry, he's a football coach. He's a football coach, but there's one yeah. of the player, one of the players he coaches is like yeah. this. He's he's loaned from Manchester City. He's kind of like a prima donna, kind of like a big shot, an asshole towards everyone. Do you see that at a young age for some yeah. players? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, because in the show, okay, I don't want to spoil it, but in the show, it had a lot to do with his family background for that reason. The way he is, you know. Yeah. And um, now yeah, that like, you, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I'm like it's all clicking. It all makes sense. Yeah. Like
1: it's, it's, uh, it it's like throughout my coaching career, I've seen things left and right that it's, it's unbelievable, you know? And, and, um, you know, I've seen kids, I've seen kids burn out. Mm, That's, um, I've seen kids uh, yell at their parents to, to shut up. Oh boy. I've seen, uh, I've seen things, you know, even with my, my u team, I've seen things that, you know, it's, it's It's, it sucks, you know, like they push their kids way too much. Mm. And, you know, I feel for them because it's like the world is revolved around them. Like it's, you know, it's you or, or, or nothing, you know? Yeah. And that's a big problem. And that's something that Mm. I, I was a coach at, uh, at Lac Saint Louis, a regional coach. And, you know, I've seen things around the region. Clubs left and right. I've seen parents where it's it's like they 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 take the game way too too serious. They coach the kids. They right. tell them what to do. So it it all these factors like it it just it, that's 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 what creates the stress and that's where it breaks uh, kids from from you know from playing you know and and this is where they break their confidence you know like hmm. some 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 players they they.
0: They have to. Do, they have to succeed. That they don't understand what failure is. That's that's heartbreaking when you hear it, especially when you're thinking that there's still kids at the end of the day, right? Like, shouldn't this be fun? Yeah, like, no, bottom line. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: that's what that's what we try to do. That's what I try to do at, at the academy with the with the U nines. Is that yeah, they're developing. Yeah, they're in a professional. Uh, they're in a professional club. Yes, they have to work, but at the same time, for me, the score doesn't matter. For me. It's working on on the theme that you're working on, mm. whether you're working on funding or, or, or transition or whatever. But at the end of the day, the kids need to smile at the end. They have to love the game. They have to they have to come back home and say, "Hey, I want to come back and I want to play again." That's that's the main thing.
0: So, how do you deal with those uh, difficult situations? Like as a coach, you're hearing okay, look, a scenario. You're, you're you're at a game. It's a competitive game, and one of the one of your players' parents starts like coaching them on the side, sort of undermining what you're trying to do. How do you deal with that? Is there anything you could do about that? Or is there like, what can you do?
1: Well, you have to, you have to educate them. Mm. You have to educate them on the, um, on the uh, consequences of, uh, of, uh, coaching on the side. You have to, uh, look, you have to have meetings with the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to talk to them about the, um, the negativity about you know, what happens when you coach. You have to make them understand that they're fans. They're here to support their kids. They're here to, to um, you know, support mm. them, whether it's failure or success from the first minute to the last minute. So it, it all comes to educating the parents now. Um, last game, I wanted to, not last game, but two games ago, I wanted to stop the game. Really? Like, guys, you're going to continue. I'm going to stop the game. And the reason why was that the, the, the U9s were losing. Mm. We were losing by, I think, three goals, you know, and they came back right. to play the game. But I think they couldn't, they, they couldn't accept or they, they were, couldn't accept that some of their kids were, were, were going to failure. Mm. And the problem with our, our system right now is that we're trying to look, well, maybe it's going to change next year. But, but this year, the thing is that when you have a, a pre, a, what we call it, a, the U9s to U13, we call them pre-academy. Okay. Part of the academy. So when pre academies are beating clubs, you know, from a big margin from 12 goals or 13 goals, um, it doesn't help the kids in their development, you know, too much success, too much success, uh, doesn't help. Yeah. know, like, uh, like, um, they have to learn how to cope with failure. Um, their emotions, you know, um, Mm. because when you succeed, it's not necessarily the right method. It's not necessarily the right thing. You know, I could pass an exam and cheat on it, but is it the right, you know?
0: Yeah. I see what you mean. Like I helped a friend once cause he was coaching. Um, it was like, obviously kind of like a lower, I, I think it was house league in Laval. And yeah. he was just coaching like for, you know, just to do something for the summer. And it also, you know, it'd be fun for him to coach a, uh, a coach a kid's team. It was like a U14 team. And he asked me, he was like, "Hey, do you mind driving from La Salle to Laval to help me whenever you can?" I'm like, "Sure, it'll be fun. Why not? Come through." And that one season, they were killing it. They like these were very talented kids, and I was like, some of them were getting called up to the A team, and I was like, "Okay, you know, you got a you got a good batch." And I knew this was a good batch because when they lost at the final, a lot of them crying, and I was like, "You see, this is this is real. This is real." Like you love the game so much and this is how it feels and this is how it should feel. And what do you do about it? They're like, oh, I don't know what to do about it. It's like, you go again. We go again, go practice, learn from your mistakes, try to make make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, remember that time you should have passed it. Now keep that in mind, pass it early. Or maybe you see that space opening. Next time, go for the shot. Even if it's your left foot, just take it, you know, it doesn't yeah. hurt to try. And the next season, they went from U14 to U16 and uh, the attitude changed because they were like, I'm hot shit. You know, I scored all these goals that season. I did this, I did that. And then when they started losing because these teams were better and I was like, and I, I didn't like their attitude. I'm like, shit, what happened to you over like a full year? And, and I realized that as you just said, all they knew was winning and besides losing that one game at the final. And I was like, oh, okay. There's, yeah. so, much, there's so much nuance to coaching that we take, we take for granted sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like I've had the experience also with three years ago,
1: we were. I was coaching the U sixteen AAA girls, which mm-hmm. was the uh, two thousand. It's two thousand two. They, they were born in two thousand two, right? And and the 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 team above us, they had four U sixteen players, and and the U seventeen, U fifteen years were national years. So basically, if you win, you win the league. You go. You go. You represent the province in the Canadian championship. Oh. Okay. Wow. So, you know. The the girls at U16, obviously the record was it was it was average. You know, we, I think we finished mid table. But the understanding was that can we prepare to make them understand what it takes to win a game? That when we go next year and we get all those players, you know, you know, we were missing a striker. We got we uh, we called up a striker from the U15s that was scoring like forty goals, so we brought her in. So we we brought the pieces that we needed, but the players that were at U16, you know, the objective was, can we bring them to a level where when we get to U17, they know what a loss is. They know what it takes to win a game and they know what it takes. And now, you know what to do to win maybe a season. And then luckily in the U17 uh, year, we won the league and we went to the Canadian Championship. Very nice. But there was the factor um, (laughs) of There was the factor of also, you you won the league, but expect the unexpected from all the provinces, Mm. and this is where you know our first game we beat BC, okay, which were the defending champions, but we took a beating against Calgary. Interesting. So so already it was like, girls, like it was a good slap in the face, Mm. you know, because you know you're you're at a you're at a high. That sometimes you gotta go low, you gotta get back down in order to to keep going, you know, and and all these things are 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 necessary for the growth of a player. Because I've told the girls also, even in life, whether it's your exam, whether you know, like I've you know I've failed exams before, you know, it's how you respond to the next the next step. And I think I think that's what we we need to try to teach even at the younger age, at the U nine age. Is that uh, you know for me for u9 they're gonna have to play u10s to give them a bit of that challenge you know mm, make yeah. them feel that they need to get that extra effort that extra concentration that extra edge to push those players even more if you're gonna stay
0: and win 12-0 then there's a problem that oh, that's a that's such a good point like um for example okay letting you know, since you, you don't really know me all that well, I have a, I have a master's in religion, like a social scientific study of religion and all the religions that I've uh, studied or especially when we're talking about the prophets and like uh, characters in in whatever religion is that they all go through that. They all go through the trials of tribulation where the reason why they became amazing and loved saints and prophets is because they went through the hardship and they learned from it and they respond from it and became even greater and better. And Usually in religious language, say "oh, it's because God gave you, you know, blessings yeah. and all that stuff." But sometimes, like we see these stories, even in like uh, films, like in hero films, right? Like uh, the hero, he's killing it, amazing. Then he meets the bad guy Thanos, and Thanos destroys them, and then they come back stronger because they learn from their loss. That's an amazing example. That's exactly, a great, movie. It, a great, <laughs> great movie. I just watched Shang Chi the other day. Oh, amazing, People and uh, spoil <laughs> it. I haven't seen uh, it yet. It's uh, the martial arts in that film is. Yeah incredibly good. good. Uh, so I'm good. And, and also the fact that the guy playing Shang-Chi is from Mississauga from Toronto. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, that's oh, like, Oh, it's me up there, man. <laughs> but like, um, but that's why I always like those stories because I was like, we kind of get distracted by the action when we should be paying attention to those moments where I was like, how do you respond to that? You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, a, a perfect
1: example is one of the greatest athletes of all time, Michael Jordan.
0: Hmm. I mean,
1: he's, he's failed and he got, he got, uh, you know, he got apparently got cut out from high school and he became the greatest, one of the greatest NBA players of all time, you know? And, and I mean, look, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, that's, that's part of, you know, like, it depends, like I always say, it depends on the, uh, the situation of the player, you know, like, right. for example, I've, I've, I've had a player where she has a sister and they push
0: each other. Okay, that that can be there, very good.
1: There's like a very amazing competition. You know, love that. I've seen players though, where their their sisters or their brothers, they they made it, but they haven't. Oh, ouch! So, so you have that, you know, like yeah. This is like the, the 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 moment where like they're overthinking things, and now it's like, okay, well, how come at that age I didn't make it to that that team or that, mm. you know, so. I mean, there's a lot of things like I've, I've had a player, he, his brother played for, um, for the reserve team of the impact and you know, like,
0: uh, right.
1: You know, it's, it's hard on the kid because he has to, you know, he looks, he looks at his brother and is like, you know, I want to be like him, but you know, they, they, they follow the, they compare their steps through, through what they achieved. So, I mean, it's all the factors. I mean, there's a lot of things also that is the maturity of the kid, the, how they, how 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 can he understand what really he has to do to be where he wants to be? Mm, that's you know? all, yeah. Like you you talked about, you know, the spoiled kid that, you know, he thinks he's the best player in the world he, the, he can yeah. take on players. But does he really understand what it takes to get to the next level, even though he knows he's talented, but is the talent will be enough for him to make it to the next level? And that nuance right now is that at, at U9, and you tend that's where they they need to understand like it's going to catch them up
0: yeah if they don't push themselves i do you know it's crazy because like the one thing i've always learned from either listening to a podcast or listening to older people who yeah. played at semi-pro they've always said all, all, all they all said was you got to be ready to sacrifice a lot sacrifice a lot sacrifice oh you want to go to the house party well forget it go go for a run you know yeah. oh you want to you want to go to la ron with your friends forget it you know you do this, do that. And, and because I think we're young, we're told that you're supposed to play and have fun. And it's like, it, it almost seems like not so cultural, but there's like, I, maybe I'm putting myself in the, f- of a, in the position of a child in that, in that part, it's like, we get all these messages and we still don't really know what we want. Right. So it's like, I mean, obviously not blaming the coach because you, you, you're doing what you have to do. It's like, listen, you want to play. This is what you do. You want, what are your intentions? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do with this? Do you think you're good enough to make it the next level? Well, this is what it comes with. And it's, and I mean, you, have you definitely seen players where they're just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And is that always because of the family or is it because they realized that I, I can't do this? That's pressure.
1: Mm. It's, it's you know,
0: I've had, a, I've had a player that decided to
1: stop last year because she felt like AAA was way too much, mm. too much pressure. And I try as much as possible. Like, it's very difficult for right. a coach to... Try to make them understand that for me when you make a mistake it's fine like that's part of life you have to like if you don't make mistakes there's an issue either you're really really gifted or <laughs> uh you know something's not going right and i i, I always like it. the thing is is that like sometimes like even when i do evaluations with the girls or, or or the boys you know i always try to break the ice a bit you know and like as a joke i'd be like you know what's real pressure is when there's five minutes left till Walmart closes and you have thirty kinds of cereal you have to choose. That's pressure. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so that's real pressure, you know. As a joke, I'm you know, like, so what's yeah, yeah, the yeah. problem if you lost the pass? Like yeah, that's it. It's over. And then I try to explain them. It's what you do after. Like if mm-hmm. you're gonna go and hunt the ball back, chase the ball back when you lose the ball. I'm happy. You know, it shows that you know. Yeah, you you know the, the, the four moments of the game, how to, how to work it. Now one pass, it happens that you lose the ball. Boom. It's fine. Yeah. It what's, what's, what's the mentality? the three seconds that you're going to think about your fast. Can you use it to maybe do something after? And it's mm. very difficult to teach that. It's very difficult because they're kids. Yeah. Some of them overthink a lot. Some of them, you know, they'll look at their, 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 their you know, their parents after a mistake. I've seen a lot of times where they look at me when they make a mistake. They want to see like, you know, I was I was that kid where like if I make a mistake, I look at the coach. I, I was like that, you know, when mm. I was young, I was like that. So I, I understand what they what they're what they're going through, but at the same time, you know, it, it's it's many factors. It's pressure, it's sometimes maybe they want to change sports because they love another sport, mm. but they 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 enjoy it a bit more, sometimes because maybe it's it's you know they they feel like they won't get there, so you know what, I'm just gonna I'm yeah. just gonna have fun. Many, many, many things, you know? And and parents are a big they're they, they, they have a big rule mm-hmm. in that because you put too much pressure, you don't know if they're gonna react at the the the, the right way in practices or certain games. And my thing is like for example like I've seen parents where they're like, we're here, to like, I, I know there's a U-9 kid, his parents, you know, like, he's just so encouraging. He just encouraged the kid, you know, the kid is pissed off. He tries, mm-hmm. you know, tell him it's okay, you know, yeah. The time. That's nice. Give them a space and kids will forget about it. Like they, they won't, like, they won't dwell on it for weeks about, you know, because I didn't score a goal. Right. Like you have to give them their space, you know, and, and we talk about, you know, like they have to put the work and all that stuff. I mm. agree. But at the same time, they have to have also a bit of a childhood also where they can develop other things, mm. they develop friendships. They could develop, like, for example, when they go to the park, they could develop their motor skills, their, their coordination. Mm. Like, they go to the park, they play, they do different sports, you know, that apparently Canada Soccer recommends that they do a different sport. Mm. I think there's a certain age, I don't know the the... The, the article but they recommend that they try different sports you know so not just soccer seven times a week right put the effort but they have to discover all the other things that maybe they will be beneficial for them that when they they grow older at 11 and 10 you know or at 12 you know like i give the example of zlatan you beat the taekwondo mm. and, and he's he's been scoring like that goal against the that goal against toronto fc with la Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. That ridiculous goal. It's, 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 it's one of those things, you know, like you, you don't know what you could develop with, uh, with, with other sports. Like I look at hockey players also like they, they, you know, these are things that they could do on the ice where they could kick the puck, you know, mm, okay. a tight situation. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that they, they have to have a bit of a childhood, you know, not like going on video games every day, Yeah, you know, but at the same time, they have to discover maybe other things, other sports, other hobbies.
0: I like that, that yeah. That,
1: that's, I, that's where That's where they could, you know, push them a bit more. In, and, and then when they get to that age, you know, all those skills, you know, those jumping or whether I'm playing basketball or mm-hmm. whether I'm playing tennis or I'm doing swimming for my stamina
0: and all that stuff, it all adds up. It mm-hmm. all adds up. It's like I um I relate with that because when I when I grew up playing I never soccer was not my favorite sport as a kid it was a thing that my parents made me do as a chore yeah and I did not they didn't put any love to it that's why I never really loved it it was like you're just gonna do this every Saturday Sunday and then that's it and then you're gonna go practice Monday Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday whatever I fell in love with it in high school where my friends showed that you can love playing this and that's why I fell back in love with the game but I realized that from the time I stopped playing soccer. So when I got back, I was playing a lot of different sports: basketball, ball hockey, biking, uh, whatever. I just whatever game, whatever sport was out there, I play. And then when I came back into soccer, I realized how those things sort of influenced the way I play. Because of ball hockey, I was a little tougher. I was n- not as scared to go for challenges. And then from basketball, I guess like whenever they need a backup goalkeeper, I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. I yeah. guess um, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's, it's. Uh, I definitely see the logic. I definitely agree with the logic there too, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I I think it's beneficial either way. Like I'll give you an example also. I do that with the, with the U16 AAA girls and Mm -hmm. with, uh, with, well, CF Montreal, we have a physical preparator also, Mm -hmm. but what I did was, uh, with CF Montreal is that we, you know, physical preparation is, is not just, you know, running. It's like doing different motor skills. Right whether it's uh, you're, you're working on a ladder or you're working on hoops, you're doing quick mm. feet, you're doing jumps, lateral jumps, a balance, all that stuff. What we did is that there was one practice. We, we trained that you know, there's a turf field near Saputo stadium. Okay. And near Saputo, well, in the Olympic park. Okay. Yeah, in yeah. the Olympic park, there was a little park where they do like, uh, Oh yeah. A, I know a parkour, like okay. a bit of a parkour. So we said that, you know, let's, let's bring the kids there and let them go play in the park and do different movements. So you had the trampoline, you had the bars, you had mm-hmm. like those, those, those military, only follow those, the ones where you have to climb up and down. Oh,
0: like, yeah, 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 I know yeah. About,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had all these stuff and that's why that's something that I do also with these 16 AAA girls that, you know, like let's put maybe soccer on the side. Okay. Well, you know, you could bring the, like, well, you always bring the ball with you, mm-hmm. but do different things in the park that maybe it will help, you know. For example, in the park, there's like this wave platform. Okay. Where you have to walk on it and it starts, you know, starts moving. Oh, fun. So I tell the girls, tell bring a ball. You have to walk on it and you have to move the ball around you, around your waist while walking through it. So they're working oh, that's on the cool. balance, they're working on the motors. There's a trampoline where they're working, you know, they're doing vertical jumps, working on their their, their, their muscles, you know. So all these different exercises, whether you go to the park and you you bring your kid and you they, they just you leave them as as it is they develop skills and mm-hmm. that's what you need instead of a kid staying at home and just training twice a week a kid needs to like discover other things that challenge them in their in the in their motors and their muscles and their their balance or whatever yeah. physical components where when they go into practices it it will help them like balance.
0: When you take a shot, you need to have balance. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the we we stepped a little bit away from Arsenal for sure, yeah. but like yeah. I'm I'm incredibly fascinated by this aspect of what you do as a as a coach because I think that's not something it's not something we especially as a coaching young people you know children essentially you know we don't hear enough about that we always yeah. we always think about the, the the finished product if you will the 18 yeah. year old who made pro or the yeah. 28 year old at his prime. But we don't want to ever hear about sort of the foundations of what how that person became that player you know you know it's like uh it's hard coaching is really hard i mean it's it, it, yeah i it, could see that now
1: it takes a lot of planning it takes a lot of time you have to know the personalities of your players you got to watch out what you say because sometimes if you say something it could backfire you know like uh, right ma- male and female it's it's you know it's it's different different types of coaching that you have to do and, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's part of the, that's why I love it. You know, it's the challenge, the,
0: the, the game, the sport. And you feel like, I mean, we all dreamed of becoming pro. Did you ever want it to be like, I dream of playing professionally for Arsenal, was that ever like a realistic thought in your mind? Yeah, I was, of course. Every, every kid, every <laughs>
1: kid But um, my, the thing is that from, from my, my background is just like my family never knew the the structure of how soccer works in Canada so same if you go back to when I was a kid I mean I didn't know the impact existed same uh, my, I, my I, parents didn't know that. I think my friends didn't even know there was a soccer team in Montreal <laughs> you know?
0: I, they, I, it's so. exactly the same because like it's a hockey city at the end of the day right yeah. so like yeah. when I was a kid it was more like the, the the impact at that time was seen more like um almost like a like a like a I want not amateur a semi-pro we're seen as almost like a yeah. semi-pro thing that like a doctor a full-time doctor plays on that really high level team on Saturdays or something I'm like you know what I mean like that was always the impression but um I wish yeah like so I'm totally on the same boat as that but now that you're a youth academy coach do you think you could <laughs> would you ever put in your cv for arsenal youth academy coach like, would was a, w- it would be a dream so how does that work then like how would you get
1: there I don't know like what <laughs> So, so what's going on right now is that I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a coaching. Well, I'm doing my coaching certifications, my next one. So, uh, my next one is the B national, which is, uh, I think the second, maybe the second highest one in, in the, in the country. Nice. Um, and then the, the first one is the A license. This is the highest one in the country. Okay. I, I don't know how, I don't know how, how, how to get to Arsenal. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, like.
0: It's like a ladder at the end of it the day, right? A,
1: it's a dream, you know. It's a yeah. dream, you know. I'm I'm very happy where I am with mm. uh, with CF Montreal, you know. Like, you know, working in a professional club at an academy. It's like, of
0: course, and it's also like it's our city's professional yeah, team, yeah, you know. It's, it's it's cool, you know. It's it's cool to to be part of and and
1: just to to start at that age, you know, it's pretty cool. But you know, I won't I won't lie that maybe going a bit more, whether it's you 15, you 17, or right get a bit higher or, or maybe, you know, Europe, it's, it's all part of the, the dream or the journey. So I won't lie to that. I want to be, I wouldn't say no to,
0: to something like (laughs) that, you know, especially Arsenal. I mean, but what if, but what if it was Tottenham? (laughs) What if it was Tottenham saying, Hey man, (laughs) that's a hard
1: question. That's a hard question. Um, I will completely be honest, it, mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity. I mean, of I course mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, look, it, it's like, uh, you know, as much as you want to hate the Spurs <laughs> from a, from a professional uh, coaching perspective to have Tottenham Hotspurs on your CV. I
0: mean, it's still Tottenham Hotspurs at the end of the day. Right. So
1: it's not at the end of the day, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people will like it, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, if, if I had the chance, I won't lie. I'll, maybe I I might say yes because mm. uh, you never know. Well, you never you never know what other opportunities you can get. True. And if that's the one that takes you to a
0: club in England, then so be it. Yeah. Know? But yeah it's no. Chelsea also. I don't know. <laughs> what about what what if it's like West Ham or Crystal
1: Palace? Oh, uh, even even uh, even Wimbledon. You know, like <laughs> yeah. And you know, all like whether it's uh, Wigan Athletic, it's it's still it's England. It's like yes, a hundred percent. One of the one of the it's like the country of, of you know it's one of the best countries for soccer. You know so.
0: that that that's how I always tell my non soccer friends is like you know playing in London, even just playing pickup soccer in London for me, it's like you know that's Mecca, and you know you know what I mean, like that's where you go, like that's that's where the game is yeah. invented, that's where the game means the most in the world. Oh maybe yeah. maybe Argentina is yeah. arguably, but you know
1: yeah, like you know. I've, I've been like, I've been to like, uh, look, I've been to a hockey game. I've been to, mm-hmm. I've been to Ravens, uh, the Ravens. I went to watch the Ravens in Baltimore. Baltimore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I, you know, I saw, but what I see on TV, man, oh my God. Like, <sighs> Have you been to an Arsenal game? I've never been to, I've never been to a European game yet. don't know. The closest I've been to watch, watching a team from Europe play, is Roma against the impact. Like that's, Oh that's, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. That, that's, that's the closest. Now I, I've, I've been to the the Champions League final. I've been mm. to, uh, you know, like I've I've been to like all of like mostly the impact games. Right. I've. It's, this is like the like I, I wanted to go like you know before COVID was like something I wanted to do where book three tickets. Oh, oh yeah. Go in and just like I don't care if I have to sleep in a car and like <laughs> the next game I'll do it or go go to like a cheap uh, motel. I I don't care. We were mm. so I, we were like. I got a whole lie. Like I was I was trying to see if I could do it this year. It's difficult mm. with the traveling and all that stuff. Yeah, true. And with the cases going up in England and I don't know what. So yeah, it's a little one, tricky. One of the games that I found was Mad City of Liverpool.
0: Oh, oh man, what a game. That would have been an insane game. Like yeah. I've been to it was 2015. I went to I went on a solo trip to Scotland and London. And I was like, you know, I'm in London. I'm gonna look for a game. And uh, Tottenham were playing away at Liverpool, so I was like, okay, that's out of the question. And uh, I was like, okay, let's look at Arsenal, and they were playing Wolves, and it was already sold out because like uh, it was just impossible to get tickets. I it, I realized that they sell it to members first, and Arsenal has like the most amount of members in England, so it's like yeah. it's kind of tricky to get. Yeah, you can get it, but it's just it. There's a lot of research, yeah, or you pay a lot. It's, you gotta it's... find those people on the street. <laughs> that's it, and and then the other two options was Crystal Palace, which I was like kind of not down. And then the other option was West Ham. For whatever reason, I always had this affinity towards West Ham in London. I always kind of liked what they were about, you know, Rio Fernand, Frank Lampard, you know, the, the Academy of Football. That's what they call themselves. And um, I went online. The first ticket I saw available, 41 pounds. And I was like, super, super cheap, 41 pounds. And I was like, I'm buying it. The, the, I'm not wasting time. I bought it. I remember going to the game. I remember nearly crying. I don't care about West Ham. This is the fact that I was at a Premier League it's game. A Premier League game. And oh, the... Yeah, it was versus West Brom. And I was like, and it was, I remember just watching. I was like, first off, the level is way different. Um, the level is way different. The the way faster, way more physical. And I remember I had the full experience because West Ham were leading 2-1. And then West Brom equalized last minute. And just they, in the, I think 94th minute, they they equalized off a header. And I just saw all the fans around me just violently just put their hands in their face. They're like, no, they're just so angry. And uh, I left the stadium and there was a fight outside the stadium. I was like, I had the full... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much that. Like, oh, my God. You know, the, they was like, oh, you're a loser. You're useless. And I was like, oh, even the abuse. It was part of the experience. It was... Uh, it's yeah. funny. It's funny because
1: <laughs> that, that's the passion of, of, you know, the Premier League. You know, and that's what I want to like. like if it was other than Arsenal, I would, wa- I would go to Anfield. To watch oh, Yes. Hundred percent. That would be a stadium that I want to visit. But I remember for once we went, me and Sam, mm-hmm. we went to we went to Mexico, and uh, you know we're on vacation and all, and he wants to go to the pool. Me, yeah, I said, you know what? Man City, Liverpool are watching. They're they are playing right <laughs> now, so I'm gonna go for a bit. But I'm gonna, I have to watch this game.
0: Yeah, of course, because
1: they were at the peak. They're still at the peak. But that was like revenge Champions League. Ah. Uh, uh. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think Man City won two one that, that that game. Yeah. Anyway, I went. I w- so I went to a, a, a bo- uh, the bar in the hotel because it was a big hotel in, in mm-hmm. Mexico, and I didn't expect to, to have Liverpool and Man City fans in the, in the <laughs> bar. And there was like so much passion for like 30-40 people just watching a game. I'm like, I, I love God. that. I you love know, that. From England, you know, also got vacation, <laughs> but, like screw the side I'm, go- I'm I have to support my team. And mm. that's 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 the that's the beauty of of England. I mean, it's 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 you, you can't like comparing all the matches that I watch in North America. You know, it's not the same. I, I can't I can't imagine how crazy the songs the yeah
0: the the the,
1: the even insults, they, you know <laughs> the
0: like even when they score my favorite moments when they score the goals. You know, on TV you hear them say yeah like all altogether uh. like. I remember just being there in person. I'm like, it's just like on TV. Like, this is insane. And um, and everyone's hugging each other. Like, like, there's a guy next to me. I had no idea who he was. And he just like, he hugged me. And I'm like, what? What?" I was like, I don't even know your name, man. Like, this is crazy.
1: Yeah, well, it happened to us when... The Canadians? No, not the Canadians, with the impact. When when they scored last minute to qualify, well, not to qualify, but to go to the quarterfinals, I remember, or the semifinals. Quarters goal, I remember.
0: Yes, we yes, yes, yes.
1: 0. Yeah, I remember that. And the last minute they scored, and all of a sudden there's, you know, my friend was next to me, we we're hugging each other, but then there's others that just jump on us, you know? <laughs> I love that. But there was one goal, I wish I was there, it was the, the, the Aguero
0: goal. Oh. I keep I keep watching that goal, and that's just like... Do you know what? I wish I was there too, but something about the commentator just makes it even more extra. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it's a, it's a it, historical it, moment. It's just like the faces when they found out that my new
1: one. <laughs> 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 the face like it's just it's just insane like I I mean I, that's the, Like that's why. Like one day. Like hopefully, when I when I get the chance, it's something on my bucket list that I really have to do. I don't care mm. if I have to pay three hundred dollars for a ticket. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Once in a lifetime. I, you know like you gotta live it. You know like you I have, have to. I have a friend he went to uh, Colombia. Oh wow. Another Champions League uh, game Well, Copa the Copa what's it called? There,
0: the... Um um Libertadores. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, it's I, crazy, so, especially in South America. You know, it's it's a different so, level. Like, yeah. I, I was in Argentina, and I remember uh, I was um, there. It was like in between the seasons, so they were just getting ready for the preseason in yeah. in Argentina, and they had like a super cup between Boca Juniors and River Plate. And I wasn't near the stadium at all. I actually, as a matter of fact, that day I went to Boca, and it was like a five minute walk from the stadium. But I didn't, for whatever reason, I just I didn't go see the stadium. I was just exploring the neighborhood. And I remember we're in a cab or going back and I just hear people screaming goal, goal, goal. And I'm like, Oh, is there a game? Like someone just playing amateur, like on the side. And then I looked through, like, uh, I asked my friend who I didn't have any data, I asked her phone. I was like, Hey, can you check if there's a game happening in Buenos Aires? She was like, yeah, it's uh, river plate for Boca junior. And I just hear people screaming goal from like random apartments here and there. And I was like, this is insane. Like, I can, I, now I know who's scoring goals without even checking my phone. I can yeah. just hear it happening and someone's random apartment, they're screaming so loud. And I was like, oh, I love that. I love that level of passion.
1: Yeah. No, like, I, like, another story is that I went, I went to, uh, I went to Lebanon mm-hmm. to visit family. And, uh, you know, the, the problem was not it's a problem, but the problem, like, during the World Cup. Wow. Oh. And yeah. the country is divided by either Brazil or Germany it's interesting like their their passion all of a sudden it's the world cup and now they decide to to like cheer like for soccer anyway (laughs) yeah it's it's insane over there it's like you you see flags more than the the national flag itself
0: you know like (laughs) yeah and
1: I remember I was a Spain fan okay I was a Spain fan because of Fabregas you know yeah yeah I was happy that one of my two favorite players, around in the final, you know, mm. but Spain was the, the team that I that I that I enjoyed uh, maybe in two thousand six when he started playing for the national team, right? Yeah, uh, you know, I think it was like eighteen or something. He was like yeah. the youngest player in the Spanish national team, and uh, when we went there, it's just like you know, everyone's asking me, my family members, everyone, they are like, who are you, who are you supporting. I am like, I am with Spain. And it's just like they thought I was a guy. That was nuts. They <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they didn't know that this season, that year, mm-hmm. Barcelona was at a peak. Mm. They didn't understand that the Dutch players were on a peak. Yes, you know, like Schneider, uh, Robin, Robin. Who else? Like Van-, Van Persie was having a crazy year. I remember Van der Vaart was on that yeah, team. Yeah, Van der Vaart, uh, De Jong, you De know, El- like. Well, they're all having a good year, like, right? I remember it was like a peak year for them and Spain, I mean, like, you know, it's, it was mm-hmm. like the best, it's one of the best generation national team and. Ever. Probably ever because they won tri- three international trophies in a row. Like no country oh, does so that. Ri- ridiculous. And, and it's, the problem is that the, the thing is, is that they're, their generation that they're stuck on, they're stuck on the 2002. Oh, in yeah, Zealand, Germany. So, <laughs> you know, the amount of arguments that I had over there is insane. Like, I remember I had to take out my wisdom teeth over there and, like, my dentist over there because it's cheaper there,
0: right? Know, right, you know, yeah, yeah, Not yeah. no, fair enough. Uh, uh,
1: well, Lebanese parents, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I so, get
0: it. Uh, so, I remember my my dentist was
1: from, you know, he's an Italy fan, you know, and he got pissed off when I told him they're. They're getting eliminated this year. They're getting... I the, you know, and the funny thing is that when you drive in the streets, you know Brazil scored whether you see like six, eight fireworks out of different buildings. Oh, that's
0: fun. Oh, that's fun. That's you know? fun.
1: And I remember, I remember clearly we were all sitting down and me, I was, you know, like I, I was like, you know, Brazil, like it was Brazil versus North Korea. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember that. First game. Yeah. And from the first half, I go, I'm like, guys, that's not going to be your year, guys. I Because <laughs> the way North Korea is playing against Brazil and the way Brazil is playing, mm. I don't know. You know, I don't know. So we they all... all got pissed at me. <laughs> I remember Spain won the first, sorry, they lost the first game. Yes, so, to Chile. So it was like a revolution on me. My family members are <laughs> all over me. They're over. But there was this one cousin that he told me, Abe, I'm with you till the end for Spain. Mm. You guys have the last laugh. I think, I think he got like 30 friend requests after the final or something. (laughs) They thought, they thought the guy was, the kid was a genius because he thought they're going to win, you know, and like, who who would have thought Spain? Yeah. But it's crazy outside. Like it's, it's like, even like, even like countries that they don't qualify for the world cup. Right. Like I've heard other stories, like from other countries where it's like, like it's, it's, it's insanity. Like it Mm. was, you know, it's crazy. So, I mean, the passion is starting to grow here. I yeah, gotta admit it. like it's starting to grow, and
0: with the national team that we have right now, it's pretty good. It's a good team. It's it's the future is bright. The yeah, is really bright. I went to Canada to play Honduras in BMO Field. I went to that game, and I mean the official the, the the refs were garbage. The Refereeing was garbage. It was so bad. But watching Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Tej- yeah. I I'm a huge Tejan Buchanan fan. I'm gonna keep saying this on this podcast. I'm a Buchanan fan and just watching them play. I was just like, this team, this team can ball. This team could play. I'm, uh, it's looking bright for Canada. And and it's a, uh, but like, before we wrap this up, I mean, seeing how Canada's playing it right now and that you are actively a part of that contribution, you know, developing young kids at CF Montreal and maybe hopefully one of them makes it to the Canadian national team. Like it must feel good. Right. It's like, I I'm kind of contributing to this, to this project. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, um, it's, you know seeing
1: seeing kids that or, or players that you coach for maybe you know one year or two years and see them you know progress to to the next level feels great you know i mean mm. but you gotta you know like there's there's a lot of factors comes with that player you know there was many coaches you yeah. know like many you know yeah uh, like a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of a uh, lot of coaches that you know they have their different their different flavor different mm. philosophy the way they could you know, push players and depends on the player, if they could, they could, they could connect with that and pushes them even further. It's Mm. a great feeling, you know, and I've, I've, I've been to, so, so every year soccer, Quebec, they do a a seminar, Okay. invite all the Quebec, all the, all the, all the Quebec coaches around the province to like one place to have the seminars and one of the speakers was John Herndon. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, he was one where he he was uh, he gave a seminar on his uh, the philosophy and and the philosophy of the national team.
0: Ah, oh, super and cool. And when
1: I saw it, when I when I saw it and he presented it, I was like wow, like that's a lot of things, you know, like Yeah. You know, he you know, for him it's the country first, you mm. know, like you have to play for your country. A lot of, like, like he had those, those lines where we stand on guard. He uses the national anthem as ah. a, a tool to push them. And his philosophy, like, his, his philosophy and the way he, like, has to understand that this is Canada, meaning that the country is very big. Yeah. There's players coming from everywhere. So how can we bring them together at a certain time? To get them ready for games and to intru- to to base them on the philosophy that he wants and and you know he has he has you know this is what we're going to do offensively you know this is what we're going to do defensively transition offensively transition defensively it's clear and clarity is 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 something that's very important in coaching you know so mm. when I when I saw it I was I, I liked it and I thought it was really good you know because it was something that I felt like the national team was missing right. But I was I was a bit you know like I was skeptical you know because, um, he like he's very confident like he's a very confident guy he wants to qualify for 2022 you know and so far I mean look it's 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 rooting I mean, it's working It's, it's fruit and and uh, he's a he's a guy that's very methodical. like he, he uses a lot of methodology like mm. very precise you know um, but I think you know a lot of all of it like he had to understand. What country is coaching? What is the situation in the country? Yeah. And then other factor that helped is that right now there's a CPL team. Sorry, CPL league. Yeah. So so it does help for players to push. It gives other players a chance to play. You know, like you talked about Buchanan right now. He's going to play in Europe. Mm Mm-hmm. And it gives them a bit more chance to to get exposed a bit more. So for the, maybe, you know, European clubs or MLS teams, they they sign those players and then they give them a bit more experience. So then when they go to the national level, you know, they're ready to go. And bear in mind that the U.S. is another monster that's growing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh,
1: Well, Maybe the results are not showing right now, but they have a lot of professional clubs now. Mm. And they have a lot of players that are playing in Europe right now.
0: I mean, this last transfer window, I think they sent five American players to Europe. I'm like, yes. damn. It's a lot of players. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now, for me, the next step for Canada right now is, I think the next game is going to be one of the toughest games. Yeah. ever.
0: Like Panama because... and Mexico, right?
1: Yeah, Panama and Mexico. Now, a gold cup against Mexico is different than playing in Mexico,
0: on mm. <laughs> high altitude. Azteca Stadium, forget it. Oh, yeah, altitude is a problem. Yeah.
1: The players are used to it. Now, bear in mind that maybe the players are a bit more fitter because they're in, they're in the European season and the MLS season. Mm-hmm. So that could be a factor that could help them a lot. But playing in Azteca Stadium in 100K <laughs> in high altitude is going to be very, very difficult. And funny thing is that one of my one of my course, uh, course directors for, for my, my certification... He was a U twenty three, one of the U twenty three coaching staff. Yeah, when they were qual- they were trying to qualify for the Olympic, Olympics. Olympics. Oh him, yeah, yeah. And he told me apparently uh, he would get a report of like you know the fitness of the players. Mm-hmm. he left from from Montreal to go to to join them. And they were they were dying apparently. Oh because no, because the altitude does affect, like, the, 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 the players. So yeah. It's difficult. It's different than playing in Dallas in front of sixty thousand fans. I think it was in Dallas or well, or Nashville. I don't know
0: what. Sure. To 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 playing in Mexico, which is a different beast, a different beast. Yeah. And it's also Mexico. They should have won a World Cup at some point in their history. You know what I mean? Uh, like yeah.
1: no, it's the 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 the, the um, what's going on in North America right now is that I think I think right now they're starting to catch up. Yes, like I don't feel like the Mexicans will, will will regress. No, because the Mexicans will cut an arm and leg just to play for their country. Mm. You know that they're, that it's like they they're passionate about their sport. The fans yeah. are passionate, like that. That's a st- like that. That they, if I was part of the fans, I would love it. Oh way. yes, it's amazing. But Canada and the U.S. are catching up, and right now the the um, they announced, I think yesterday, a new Champions League format. Or yes. A new,
0: uh, yeah, the tw- in twenty twenty three, right for the Champions League. Yeah, Is that, what- that that
1: will give you one experience, indications, and more exposure to the Mexican teams. Mm-hmm. Because now it gives more experience to your players, to your club, mm-hmm. to base yourself on with those teams. And now the Mexicans, the Mexican clubs, are going to have to, you know, keep pushing their their development also. Because I think the Americans. And the canadians right now especially canada i think they've they've done really well in terms of like right now their cpl yeah. their, their their canadian program and the fact that now your canadian championship oh is yes like four teams yeah it's you like 12 ten- teams to compete for the, the canadian championship which now makes the competition even better mm. and i think right now canada is it's there's a new era of software coming right now so I agree. I wouldn't be surprised, like, I know I'm, this is this is a bit crazy what I'm saying, but yeah, from what I heard, I think with COVID, the CPL apparently was more organized than the CFL in terms <laughs> of that, to get them back in, in soccer. And CPL is being sponsored by Volkswagen. Like, just... Oh, yeah. Like, 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 already, if you have that sponsor for you and, like, getting sponsors and all that, I wouldn't be surprised if their match are going to start matching it with CFL. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't if, it be surprised. It, if it gives it a couple of more times and you have more teams and then you have mm-hmm. the exposure of the, you know, the, the, yeah. South, the, the Central American teams and the Americans, you know, and makes it a bit more interesting. You know, a city like maybe uh, Winnipeg or, or, or Calgary, you know, to, to have like a mm. history, you know, it'll be cool. it would be cool. But the, the, the future is very bright. So,
0: yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, we're pushing over almost two hours, actually. This was a really good conversation. It's good. Um, good. Maybe like an hour and a half. But like, um, yeah, I, uh, as you were saying, like as a kid, you know, Canadian soccer was not a thing. But seeing it where it is now, I'm so happy. I kind of wish I was 18 years old right now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or or like even like 10 years old so I can like tip my toes and see how far I could go. But like now I've seen the young, the young 16 year olds playing. I'm like, you're so fucking lucky. I'm jealous of you yeah, guys. Yeah, you're yeah. so lucky. And, and, you know, like, Coaching right now has been has been
1: developed, you know. Like mm. the, the coaching in clubs, like it's 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 getting better, it's growing. You know, myself, like since I started UAT, like I've learned so much, like yeah. so much, so much that I, I still have lots to learn. But there's a lot of people like me, where they're passionate and they want to learn and they want to push. That's good. The, and the fact that you know, Canada soccer and all all the all the regions, the yeah. provinces, are putting money to invest in edu- coaching education, invest in oh, players development, you know, uh, put more money in, in, in women's uh, coaching mm. education. So for women, female coaches to come in and coach a bit more. So, you know, it's it's growing. I think it's getting modernized a bit more. Yeah, Clubs have now a bit more technology with video analysis now. Mm. You know, they have their own cameras where they, they could film games right now and, 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 you know, help the, the players in their development, and and yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's we're coming to a next level right now. You know, I think right now the next step, I think it's the, the for me like my club is is the the, the education of, of, of parents in terms of like how, how can you as a parent help your kid go through the the the, the pathway to to development of a, of a soccer player. You know? I think that's something that you know I remember we. Like we, we talked about concussions, you know, like to educate parents about concussions. Why can't we do the same thing with in the psych the mental part, the psychology part with, you know, not burning the the kids and let them, you know, let them you know, either they 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 do it so they wanna be professionals or they wanna play for a university, get a scholarship. Yeah. That's not that's not a bad thing. Play for your C Right. You know, like uh some, some, you know, some, some people, they just want to play for fun. Some they just want to do it. Uh, some want to coach, you know, like I, right. I, I heard a 15 year old kid told me, I want to coach. You know, like, it's, oh, that's, that's, that's so, nice. yeah, I mean, so whatever it does, you know, for me, like me, coaching helped me with my degree mm-hmm. I Have an enge- a bachelor's degree in engineering. Oh, and I swear to God, when I did a pre- oral presentation in front of my teachers, it was,
0: uh, the- it was, it was easy, yeah, because your nothing.
1: coach, yeah, no, it was nothing, you know. So it was, it was easy, it was just, you know, done. I'd like to do it in front of two hundred people. The four, four doctors shouldn't be a problem. you know? So,
0: mm. <laughs> so. That's a fair point. And um, everything
1: that you do in soccer, some there's, there's always an attachment to what you do in life, you know.
0: So, so true. I want to end the, uh, I want to end this, uh, this podcast on, on this question. Do you think, what do, you, what are the odds of Arsenal? I mean, I think they're going to bounce back because they're too big not to bounce back. But what are the odds of more Arsenal fans popping up in Montreal? Like more new Arsenal fans happening? Do you think that's going to happen in the future? I mean, it depends on
1: the success of the club. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. That's how I... Look, let's be fair. Like when a team succeeds, you start getting attached to it, you know? True. Um, But it depends on the success of the club. You know, like right now, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Man City fans popping oh. out of nowhere, you know, like a lot of PSG fans too now. Yeah, you know, it's weird for me because back then when I Yeah when I high school was like it was a, the 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 four top clubs was Liverpool, Manu, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yes, so and true. Now we have now we have seven teams. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. you know, like I know there's a coach like, oh, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm like since when? Like what what? <laughs> what? you know like because of Harry King I'm like, okay, good for you. I mean it great Harry player Kane is a great player. Like if it if it you know so if Montreal, like if Arsenal fans, the the, the fan base to grow in, 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 in Montreal, I think it's it has to do with the success also of the club. Mm. And at the same time, you know, some people like how they play and so on. But look, right season's short. Oh, sorry, the season's still short. Bradford. We can I'm forget gonna, about that. Uh, Brentford, look—the Brentford game. I, I, you, you, look. It's, it's the injuries. I say one of the injuries. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that it's a club that just got promoted, and oh home, yeah, they're in their home field for the first time in mm. like two years. And the excitement, just like the adrenaline of the players, it's like we just got promoted, and mm. we have our fans with us.
0: It it was for like they were gonna win no matter what yeah
1: yeah it's just like it was it was you know like already like Arsenal was in trouble with the COVID uh,
0: yeah the Brazilians that had COVID the injuries
1: left right in, you know? so that was a factor you know it's like it, it, it was a factor you know hmm. now we I mean, we can't we you know excuses are excuses right but we can't deny the fact that they didn't play well and Brentford were just way better like yeah now the other games you're playing against the DPL champions and you're playing against the, the, the European champions and your team is not.
0: 100%.
1: So for me tomorrow, uh, Sunday is going to be the biggest, like for me, it's going to give us a good understanding of where this club is going because according to the news, everyone's fit. Interesting. Interesting. Everyone's fit. Everyone's fit. You're, at, you're on a home field mm. playing against the biggest rivals of the of your club. So it'll give us an indication where the club is going. Right. And whether or not is, is this, you know, after if, if the, if the two wins of the EPL was just because they're playing Burnley in Norwich yeah. or because they are, they are the arsenal.
0: Mm, okay. So the
1: real test is this weekend. I think this, this weekend is a good, it's, it's, I think it's a test because you got to back up your wins, you know, because people right now are saying, yeah, it's Norwich. Yeah, it's Burnley,
0: you know? Yeah. Do you know what? Man, I could talk to you forever. This is really, really yeah, good. Me too. It's, it's I, I enjoy this. But I'll definitely have you back in future episodes depending okay. on the season and themes. So once again, Abraham or Abe, thank you for pulling through. Uh, shout thank out to touch. Sam, obviously, for linking us. Thank you, Sam.
1: I just want to say for Sam. Yes. yes. He asked me about Benzema, so <laughs> this is for you, huh? I
0: read I <laughs> Benzema. I rate Benzema. Love him. I saw him when he came to, came to Montreal with Madrid. I was like, that's Benzema. And anyway... Um, he thinks he thinks he's. He
1: asked me a question that was really interesting. He asked me if he was underrated, <laughs> underrated or overrated. You know, I said, I think Benzema is is I think Benzema is good as he is right now. Yes, he's not overrated. He's not underrated. I he's appreciated. He's, doing, he's appreciated. and He does what he you know, you know. So, me who, who I think is is underrated a
0: striker. Yeah, But I think he actually. He's, yeah, go on. You have one. No, 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 no. I'm going to hear this. Well, who do you think is underrated? I, I feel like a player that's, a
1: striker that's underrated is, uh, you, you're going to freak out a bit, but I think there's a Villarreal Moreno. Oh, okay. No, no. I, this, this guy, like, I, I watched him play and man, he's, he's underrated, the guy. Like, this, yeah. this guy, I feel that the, the striker from Leicester City, not Vardy, the other one. Uh, Ianacho? He's underrated. I think Bamford I mean, is underrated. Bamford is underrated, and Antonio is underrated. Yes, I agree. Antonio I agree. is a very good striker. He's big, but he, uh, you know, he's a nuisance he gets, for the for the defenders. Yeah, no, he's he's great. Like he, he's been scoring goals, you know. So mm. those those players, you know, like if we talk KPL, yeah, Bamford is is,
0: is and Watkins. I Ollie Watkins, yes.
1: Ollie Watkins, if he generates a bit more goals, I feel like he's a great. He's a great striker. He's a great finisher. He's a great striker, and yeah, no, I think you know, awesome all players that are underrated. I, can... I thought, but Moreno, I watched him with Villarreal. I like watched a couple of games. And I was curious about Emery. Yeah, he's, 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 I I feel like he's a under, very
0: underrated player. I, I heard his name a few times before. I haven't watched him play, but I totally believe you. Anyway, but on that, Sam, that was your answer. <laughs> Again, shout out to Sam. Thank you for linking us. And uh, I guess I'll. End- oh yeah, I'll just end it here. So, uh, for all the audience, thank you for listening. This was. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoy the aspect of the coaching. That's something we don't talk enough about. I think I'll. will talk more about that in the future for sure. And yeah, so Abraham, thanks for coming through. Uh, for having me. Of course. And uh, to all the audience, thank you for being an audience. Thank you for listening. And from Montreal, this is Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you. Thank you.